there's a, there's a lot more, I think, rounded skill set that people are looking for for that switch in-house and the area of law that someone, particularly at a junior level, has been focused on doesn't necessarily limit whether you can move into something quite different in-house. everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate courses and master's degrees alongside an award-winning pro bono clinic so you can build up your legal experience while studying. And their experienced career service will enable you to put your best foot forward when launching your legal career. The courses are employment focused and based on real legal practice so you'll be better prepared for the workplace. Part-time and online study options are available so you can work and study at the same time. Click the link in the description box of the podcast to find out more about the courses on offer. Welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. My name's Camilla. I'm a trainee solicitor and I am your host for today. In today's episode, we are joined by Scott Brown. Scott trained as a corporate lawyer before going on to start his own company, Harriet Brown's In-House Legal Recruitment, which is a recruitment company specialising in recruiting um, in-house lawyers at all levels across a wide range of sectors and disciplines. In today's show, Scott is going to be providing us with insight into what being an in-house lawyer involves, what in-house recruiters are looking for when they are hiring lawyers, what practice areas that trainee solicitors should think about qualifying into if they're interested in working in-house later on in their careers, and the benefits of speaking to recruiters regularly. So without further ado, let's hand over to Scott. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast, Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for thanks for having me, Camilla. It's great to um great to be on it and like yeah, big uh, big shout out to you guys for for the podcast. I think it's amazing having um having been a lawyer or a, a university back in oh God knows how long ago. Um, I think as a resource for people um, thinking about a career in law, it's great um, that you're giving it that exposure. So um, yeah, congratulations on it. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, well, I'd love to hear more about your career history to date. So um, perhaps you could shed a bit of light on that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So, I'm I'm a recovering lawyer is, is how I'd uh, how I'd describe myself. So, I um I now I'm managing director and founder of um, a recruitment business that specialises in placing lawyers in house into um into roles within corporates, financial services institutions, and public sector organisations. And we're one of the one of the leading specialists within that within that space um in in the UK and. Um, but before that, before I got into recruitment, into the the dark arts, I um, I practiced as a lawyer. So I, I trained and qualified 
um, with with a firm in Edinburgh. The accent might give me away. Um, they're now they're now run by Adelshaw Goddard or part of Adelshaw Goddard, but but at the time it was HPJ uh, HPJ Gately Waring. Um, at, at the time, um, qualified as a into into corporate after uh, after my two year training contract, um, and really enjoyed that time um, working on private equity and venture capital deals and then moved moved myself um, to Australia and worked in worked in Sydney as a as a lawyer more focused it was still projects work but more of a sorry it was still corporate work but more of a project slant so on energy and resources sectors um but during my during my career as a lawyer, I felt a little bit out of place. Didn't really feel at home or fulfilled in the career that I was doing. I think I was always looking that the grass was always greener. So, like having gone through the training contract, I think I always seen that as the milestone for when I would maybe switch careers, um, without really too much planning as to what that looked like. So I found myself in Australia uh, about. I don't know, four years qualified a little bit. It felt like I was stagnating stagnating a little bit in my um in my career. Um wasn't really driven by the partner track. And at that time I thought I'd kind of landed, did a lot of soul searching as to what I um what I really enjoyed. And that was dealing with people. Uh the people element of the the law was great, dealing with like client relationships where I had exposure at an associate level. Um so I found I was more motivated in a sales environment, and and that was when um, I I fell into recruitment, like a lot of people a lot of people do, um, and worked with one of the larger legal recruitment companies um, at that time when I moved back to back to London, and then founded Harriet Brown in 2016. That sounds like a very exciting career um, history. Um, I love the fact that you. Uh, worked in different countries like Australia. That that must have been really really exciting. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. It was a place I've always. I don't know if you've been. Have you been to Have you been to Australia? Not yet. No, yeah. it's on my list. Yeah, it's one of those. I think for a for a lawyer, um, and and going through and and qualifying whatever what whatever um specialism that someone someone specialized in it can be quite limiting because of because it's like jurisdictions and um qualification routes into into the profession vary so much from country to country and Europe's kind of a a hard one to to crack because of the civil law jurisdiction and um, so Australia being commonwealth by background it was always it was always somewhere where um through through training contract thought it was qualifying into corporate it's quite transferable and yeah it's great great place great place to live um amazing lifestyle just very far away very far from home um so uh so yeah but great good times well i have to look into that it's uh not something that i previously considered but uh yeah i, I think i have heard that the legal system is um yeah it, it's not too difficult for English qualified lawyers to, to go over there. So yeah, yeah. that's it's a great option. Yeah. Um, so I wondered if you could explain um, to me and the listeners what um, the key differences are between a career in-house and a career in a private practice law firm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, good, very good question and good starting point, I think, um, for for explaining what we do as a as a business but um i remember being at the the majority of your listeners are at university considering a career in law right yeah i believe so 
Yeah. So I, I remember being at careers fairs at, at university when I was studying um, my LLB and, and looking at doing the LPC and exploring that route. And obviously the law firms would come around and um, sell their wares. And um, the likewise, the, there would be some in-house teams that perhaps offered um, training contracts um, and just to give a bit of a flavor as to what they did. And I never really quite got it, but um, I think in... Um, simple terms in a, in a law firm you're you're a service you're working for a service provider that sells legal services um and and packages those up so you have a, a regardless of the sector specialism or um, area of law that you're specialized in you'll you'll have a a mix of clients that you work for and provide legal advice to um on a whole host of subject matters um within or sorry, within within a very narrow subject matter that you're that you're specialized within in that law firm versus in-house you work for, so you're employed by the corporate or the the organization that you uh, that you work for, and they're your own individual client. So you're acting as a as a business advisor, you're a stakeholder within that business, and legal is a support function to help that corporation achieve what its commercial objectives are. So like the likes of um, any consumer brand that you can think of, Amazon, Google, Facebook, um, energy companies, they all have internal in-house legal functions that help that business meet its commercial goals. So um, you're in a slightly more, I think, non-legal capacity in that. So using your legal knowledge and risk management that you've gained to um, to advise that business and help it navigate navigate risks that might that might crop up. So, the, I mean, the two roles sound, yeah, quite different. Um, and a lot of the career advice that's out there, I think, is sort of aimed towards careers in private practice. Mm. Um, but from a legal recruitment point of view, um, do you think that in-house legal teams are looking for something different to to uh, to to private practice uh, recruiters and and do you think that in-house experience is required um for people who want to move in-house yeah yeah so it's a really good point you make they are they're, they're quite different careers and it's how we um it's, it's really how we sort of explain that to people that are looking to make the switch whether it's early on in their career or uh, as a post-qualified career or um later on in in their career and it's you almost have to have that mindset that it is a bit of a a bit of a career switch because the skill sets aren't necessarily um aligned in in every um in in, in every place like and the, the your motivations, I think, as well as a lawyer, they, they perhaps change and are on a bit of a cycle through um, through qualifying, where it might be more exciting working all hours under the sun and um, jumping when a client says I need something done and meeting meeting deadlines, which is all all great. Um, but sometimes, sometimes having more of a commercial slant or being exposed to um, issues that aren't necessarily law, because law could often be legal departments can often be seen as a bit of a blocker rather than an, an enabler. Um, so, so people's motivations change, and um, and I think like in house in house legal teams. The profession's changing as a whole. The SR, the um, the SQE route into the into the profession is opening up a whole load of other options and angles for um, law firms and um, and in-house legal teams to to bring people on through at an earlier stage. Um, and I think that'll that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out in 
in, in sort of meeting the needs of of in-house legal teams and where in the future they what skill sets and career experience they might look for um because yeah what your other your other point there was around are they looking for something different uh, looking to hire something different and i would say yeah very much so um in a private practice career, so I'm speaking from personal experience, having worked as a lawyer and then seeing it from the recruitment angle as well. And I probably feel I know more about being a lawyer now than I ever did when I was one um, from all the conversations that I have. Um, so like you're it's quite early on in your career after your after in, in the, the typical private practice route where your six months rotations, training contracts, you're moved into um, and qualifying into whatever team that perhaps has an opening or we're, we're currently going into or you read in the press, we're going into recession. So perhaps insolvency will be a, a larger restructuring will be a larger focus for firms over the next two or three years than corporate M&A might, might have been in the past past few years. So um, often that can be quite outside of your control at a very junior level in your career where you don't really know that much and you're not really a subject matter specialist. So um that can then limit people or it can it can push people into a mindset i find that uh, i'm i'm now pigeonholed as a tax lawyer or a restructuring lawyer or whatever a litigator and um i can't make that switch but a lot of in, thankfully a lot of our clients a lot of in-house legal legal teams it's a lot more around the the personality of it's a lot more personality focused how does how does this person engage with people who aren't lawyers because your clients are your internal stakeholders it might be the, the accountancy team it might be the the commercial or the operations team within whatever company you work with so you have to be able to go on the journey with that person and look at them as someone your your solution focused rather than um someone that's just there to provide black letter law advice and sit on the fence but just give be paid to give um very good advice but um but it's, it's purely legal legal advice rather than what's the, the wider impact of this legal advice and should we should we follow it so so yeah long-winded long-winded answer but they're they're different there's a there's a lot more i think rounded skill set that people are looking for for that switch in house and the area of law that someone particularly at a junior level has been focused on doesn't necessarily limit whether you can move into something quite different in-house yeah i think that was going to be an, another one of my questions really um if if train if there are trainees out there who are uh, like myself, thinking mm. about what seat they should be doing next if they are training mm. um, in private practice. Um, if they are thinking, you know, I might want to go in-house down, down the line, are there any practice areas which are particularly well-suited? Um, mm. you know, does it matter where you qualify into? Are there any areas that you could, like, you really shouldn't be qualifying into if you yeah. do want to keep your doors open um, yeah. along the line? Yeah, it's a it's a good question and one we're asked um one we're asked quite regularly. it's um first and first and foremost, any any experience that you can get in in a client. So if your firm offers secondment opportunities to to clients, then that's going to be great. So our our clients in in-house legal teams obviously they're looking at they're looking at a CV. So if someone's CV has a secondment experience you've you've had the right experience and also it's given 
potentially you the as the candidate the exposure to what it's like to work in house it's probably um uh, flicked a switch that might have might have made you to, to, to might have might have um encouraged you to make that application um so someone's thought about it more rather than all right they're just looking to they're just looking to move jobs um without really considering what in-house looks like um but your sort of standard stock answer to that is do as much commercial work like 70 percent of the work that anyone does in-house is commercial but i mean that is so broad i mean it's very difficult to throw a hat around what that actually means and and just categorize it into a particular um specialism within a law firm and so that's the sort of stock age-old answer is do commercial contracts work and that could be ip it um corporate work is always good because you're getting a real rounded exposure and you're often project managing a transaction um, and moving that through but um, within within teams within like construction and projects procurement anything that's a sort of public sector focused and you're getting some really good exposure to commercial contracts and issues um ip data privacy cyber like all these areas are really important for most most organizations and and growing in importance um but again i'll go back to my earlier point i i, I don't think um Yes, there will be a CV that perhaps opens more doors and gets that gets the interview without um, without as much work as someone from perhaps a not so obvious sector. But if, if that's what you're driving, your ambition is, and you, you decide that you wanted you want to move in house, then you just have to manage your own expectations. Really, as a candidate, as what's achievable, and think maybe oh, I'll need to take a step first. It might not be. My first move in house might not be my dream job, um, but getting that experience is going to set me up for making that switch in a couple of years time or making that next move to where I want to get to. So, um, so yeah, as much as much around the commercial contracts and uh, and and IP and and the sort of corporate stuff or financial services again depends on depends on which organisation you've really you're really sort of uh, wanting to work within, but. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough it's a tough um, it's a tough route into the profession as it is. So getting a training contract um, is a is an achievement in itself, and celebrating that um, milestone and, and getting there and and like enjoying enjoying working as a lawyer um, is, uh, is is one of the most important things at that time as well. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant answer, and I um, although I don't have experience. Um, necessarily i i would like to think that you wouldn't become pigeonholed if you were doing completely you know, remote sort of practice area um, mm. and that you could make steps like you said to get closer towards your goal um and like mm. you said it might not be your dream job first of all but hopefully um yeah where there's a where there's a will there's a way 100 percent. Um, and you might not find at that time if you're not in the obvious practice area that you're getting headhunted by in-house recruiters because at, at the end of the day like we're looking for a particular skill set that matches a job a job spec but engaging with and having conversations with and making it known that you want to make that switch again it's not going to be as easy as someone going from the exact profile um but having that will and drive and having the conversation and finding out what it is you need to do to get there um that's the most important part at that point in time um and perhaps yeah checking yourself and managing your own expectation as to what's um what's achievable um 
And when you get in front of a client, like our job then is to get that person and say, ah, oh, they get it. They know what and how they, they know what they, they, they sort of, they're going to click with the hiring manager. They're going to like their, their will in their, their willingness to learn is the, the big thing for them at, at a junior level. Um, so getting and getting that that person in front of the hiring manager to demonstrate what they're like off paper off of off of their cv then that's that's kind of our job at that point in time i'd like to take a moment to speak about the university of law which is the university i decided to study my lpc at the university of law is the sponsor of this podcast and makes it possible for us to continue bringing these episodes to you so we really appreciate you supporting us by supporting our sponsors What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief in training students for the real world from the moment they accept a place. The University of Law's experienced career service and award-winning pro bono clinics offer students the chance to get real-life legal experience which can boost employability. They offer a range of undergraduate and postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students excel at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their courses to help students work and study at the same time. If you'd like to find out more about the courses on offer, please click the link in the description box of the podcast. Do you, I mean, are there jobs that are regularly open for NQ level or would you say that um, in-house is something that uh someone coming across perhaps from private practice would need to do a bit later on um in their careers so um so there's no there's no one size fits all to that to that answer like um had a conversation a couple of weeks ago i've i've got we've we have our own podcast uh, lessons learned in law um and i talked to nice in house <laughs> nice plug thank you keep that in don't edit that out thanks <laughs> um but um yeah i had a, a guy on who'd moved on qualification to um to tech company and like he had constantly been told and similar narrative when i was in in another recruitment agency is that do your three years in private practice like get that black letter law experience and then gets a comment during that time and then at that point in time you're much more marketable which uh yeah stand holds water i think those people aren't going to be struggling to get a job in-house um but more and more as the profession evolves in-house legal teams are becoming way more sophisticated there's a lot a lot larger a lot more um want by these come by most businesses to retain talent and to retain knowledge rather than to outsource everything to a law firm and so the in-house sector as a whole i think accounts for um don't quote me on this but mid sort of mid 20 percent of the registered lawyers on the sra um and is pitched at over the next five years to to grow again by another seven percent so i don't know again don't don't quote me on these but say it's 20 26 at the moment i think they're sort of looking at it'll be around 32 33 percent and as I said earlier, the SQE that route into the profession is um, bringing people in earlier, um, alternative routes and alternative structures to training contracts, so um, people can move in house at an earlier stage. And certainly, over the last three years, so we've had a bit of a talent shortage um, in in as a whole. I think in as as a as a country or as a um, 
in in the professional professional space but in law that's certainly been been felt and it's been very difficult for our, our clients to pull people out of private practice where associate salaries are going through the roof um quite difficult to compete with that for for in-house in-house teams so oh, that three-year qualified's harder to pull out so they have been looking at more um junior solutions people that are perhaps just as fresh out of their training contract and moving moving then um and i know our guys and our team are having some conversations at the moment with um people who are in their last seat of their training contract and looking at looking at options qualifying in march um march time so so yeah, I think it's what's right for you. Like if it's the right if it's the right thing and the right time, and you don't see you you don't see longevity working in private practice. Then my advice, and this is more personal advice, learned from doing it myself. Just at that point, invest in your own development and future, and like really explore what it is that does motivate you and give you energy, and and sort of try and commit to that, commit to getting there. Um, because otherwise, you, yeah, I, I found I was just treading water um, without really knowing, without a direction as to where I, where, where I could see my future. So, um, yeah. Thank you. I think that's a, a, a really great answer. Um, and I think you mentioned a bit earlier, well, we know the state of the current economic um, uh, mm. landscape in the UK is uh, not great at the moment. Um, and I wondered whether that has had an impact on the recruitment market. Because um, previously, uh, y- you know, there were um, I heard that the, the market was was very active. Yeah. Um, however, I'm not so sure about what the position is now. Um, so I wondered if you could shed some light on that. Um, mm. And yeah, if there's what you think the future could look like. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got yeah, I'm I'm a, oh, I'm a bit more positive on on that than um than perhaps what what you read in the mm. what what you maybe read in the press. Like the last the last two years coming out of coming out of um 2020 where there was obviously a lot of uncertainty and lockdowns and organisations with hiring freezes is what we found for a good few months during that those early days of um, 2020. Um, but since then, it's just been uh, it's been crazy in in recruitment and the markets have been very um, very busy. It's been very difficult for companies to hire um, and retaining retaining people and retaining staff has has been a real challenge as well. So getting people back into the office, getting people um, or or at least communicating that you need to come back into the office often leads to a bit of a, an exodus. Um, so there's been, yeah, it's been, it's been a very good year. It's been very good years to be in recruitment because there's been a lot of opportunities to to place people into new jobs, but a lack of candidates. Um, recession, like, I think, yeah, we're in a recession, but um, what I'm sort of buoyed by is that there's always opportunities in um, in down markets. And at the moment, we're still in that place where there's a, there's a talent shortage. So um, unemployment is at its lowest levels, um, I think, since for 50 years, but the recession curve is is on the up and that's something that's never really happened i think in previous recessions they normally go hand in hand and follow follow each other so we're still although we're going to be it's quite interesting to see how that plays out into 2023 um 
but I still think there's no, that need or that, that talent shortage isn't going to go away. So there, there's still going to be opportunities. I think there will be, and there, there, there's been a bit of a slowdown, but there always is towards the end of a year. Um, so the real litmus test will be in Q1 next year where um, maybe budgets have been set for what the hiring needs are over the next 12 months for companies. And that might have changed. It takes a little while for things to trickle down into, into recruitment for organizations, but um I think any slowdown was inevitable because the last two years has just been um, been been fairly manic, um, so it'll be a bit of an adjustment, but probably more of a normal, I guess, a normal market uh, in in twenty twenty three. Thank you for your insight. Um, and would you say that it's important for lawyers to explore the market regularly? Um, it, even if they're perhaps happy with their current job, should they be going out there speaking to recruiters to see to see what else is out there, or should they just stay doing what they're doing? Yeah, well, you're yeah, you're you're leading me down a path there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think I'm I think I think I'm biased in my answer. So take it. I'm sure people would take it with a pinch of salt. Um, but definitely. So I I, I think it's um. Again, have I've been on the other side of recruitment. It wasn't something that I was um uh I, I said earlier, I fell into recruitment. It was it was almost a reluctant fall. I had other ambitions as to what um where I where I could see myself ending up in in a sales role within law. Um but then when I'm inside it, I just think it's so multifaceted and like the the insights that you get from speaking to people, if you're genuinely interested in individuals with with companies, um, hiring managers, then like we're having conversations every day. So we've got a, a really good yardstick as to what the market's like um, at, at any one time. So building good relationships with and it's doing your due diligence on a recruiter as well, making sure that they're you can rely on them and they're they they do what they say they're going to do and they're not just sort of looking to make a quick win. But um, investing that time, then then that recruiter is going to invest some time in you as well and share insights. Um, very helpful when you're coming to negotiate a salary um, a salary review to understand what you might get if you were to leave your current organisation um, without having to go through the interview process. Um, and our like as a as an organization our our because we're so focused on the in-house market our candidates become clients and our clients become candidates so for us it's about investing in the relationship and always is and so wherever we can help people then we're wanting to we're wanting to share that information so yeah i think having having a good couple of relationships with your go-to building those relationships early doors with go-to recruiters that you can trust um stands you in really good stead and um i had a yeah i had, I had a pretty negative a probably a negative um opinion going into recruitment as a as being a legal recruiter but i did see it from i saw it more from a private practice stance because um i was a lawyer in private practice and yeah, there there are quick wins there in in that. Um, but yeah, what's your view on recruiters? Or what has been your exposure to uh, to recruiters? I know you're sort of early earlyish in your training contract, but yeah, even even previous prior to that. Well, I can't say that I've had too much uh, too much experience with recruiters because I was in my previous job for ten years, mm-hmm. and then I applied for my training contract, um, and then 
you know, I've been contacted a couple of times um, by legal recruiters, but you know, that was before I even started my training contract. So yeah. they're very keen, I would say. Um, <laughs> but the reason I asked that question is uh, because I, I remember seeing a post on LinkedIn by someone, can't remember who, um, but it stuck in my mind because I, I just thought it was a great piece of advice. Um, and they said that it's important to regularly, um, you know, make contact with recruiters because unless you know what the job market's like, you don't know whether you're being underpaid. Um, you also don't know what other types of roles are out there. Um, so even if you're happy in, in doing what you're doing, um, you you just might not be aware of the other types of roles that are out there that might fulfill mm-hmm. something that's maybe missing that you don't even know is missing until you know that what else is out there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was, that was great. Um, and so it's yeah I thought that it probably would be a good idea to just keep contact with some recruiters um just to make sure that you're being treated fairly um Mm -hmm. by your own employer yeah yeah I think it's it's important to do your to do do your diligence sorry and and even on your yeah on your current employer to know that you're being paid yeah um paid right or treated in the right way or have the benefits that other other people might have exactly. and, and you might not get them you might not by asking for them it doesn't and, and just because one other organization pays whatever it doesn't mean doesn't mean that business is going to um going to change on on that that reason but it, yeah. there's push and pull factors for leaving any job like i'm a believer that no one um no we can't convince we, we at that point if someone was to call us and had was interested in finding out more about the market then i would look at them as being sort of passively interested in hearing about opportunities um yeah. but we're never but we're never going to make someone take a job that they don't, don't want it's all we can do at that point is to share share information that we do have and if something looks looks of interest like what's i i always again i've got this mindset anyway i had it when i was a lawyer but i I don't think there's ever i've ever had a wasted coffee or a a wasted meeting um with anyone you 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 learn something new um through having conversations with people and if you put those barriers up to a recruiter then um yeah you're probably i think you're 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 doing more harm than good um if someone's calling you pestering you at your desk phone <laughs> then um then yeah maybe t- politely tell them to jog on but um but yeah like if someone's invested in like wants to we'll, we'll share some information and, and help you along the way then um they're a good ally to have yeah i, I think so um and what do you enjoy most about being um in uh in-house legal recruitment mm. yeah okay so i am um, i mean i really love i love my job i'm um i've got a great team so we're a team of uh there's 12 of us in the in the company and um we've got a really clear focus on the markets that we serve and, and operate within in-house and it's a real good community that in the in-house legal market so um it's very relationships based it's very um like getting to know the client getting to know the hiring managers and decision makers within those organizations so it's very it's quite social there's a lot of lot of conversations so i love that day-to-day stuff i I really enjoy doing um doing deals um and getting that buzz of um buzz of a transaction and, and getting something over the line and and ultimately helping people like our our business is um 
um, we our, our tagline or our, our mission is to um, ensure that people that work with or touch Harriet Brown are fulfilled by the careers that they choose. And that goes for, for clients getting the right people, for candidates finding the right jobs and people within the business as well, like um, feeling that there's career progression as, as recruiters. So um, yeah, I really love it. Like I'm energized. I, 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 the legal um you're on a journey in your career and I, I wouldn't i wouldn't change for a second that i qualified as a lawyer or did the time that i did as a lawyer because i learned so much from it um i actually bumped it like randomly last night i was out in um i was out in the city and i bumped into a partner who was head of corporate at hpj outside a bank tube station last night at like uh late late on um I've not seen him for I've not seen him since before I moved to Australia. Um, wow. Yeah, and he's like, oh, all right, you've got. A, he's like, love your online, love your online presence. I was like, yeah, <laughs> thanks, oh, thanks, amazing. David. Um, so, so yeah, like, oh, like, like to David, yeah, to David, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he's yeah, he's Adershaw Goddard um, still. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I love the I love making connections with people and. Um, yeah, like the, the recruitment space hadn't been um had not been my my plan, but I think um now that we've got the plan and the the infrastructure and and plan in place for where we want to be as a business, then I'm really excited about the the coming years. So, um so yeah, it's it's great. Uh, if anyone was interested in about hearing about recruitment or legal recruitment, then um feel free to reach out. Definitely. Well, I think we're going to. Uh, leave details to uh, your website, um, Harriet Brown in-house legal recruitment, and also uh, your LinkedIn page. So if anyone would like to get in touch, they can do that. Um, But yeah, one final question. Mm. Do you have any career highlights that you would like to share with us? Career highlights. Good, good question. Um, like I said, I like really enjoy doing, like getting getting to do what I I really enjoy what I do every day. Um, and there were times where I wasn't fulfilled as a as a lawyer and didn't enjoy. I had Sunday night dread, um, worried like just not not worried, but that's, that's too strong a word. But um, not enjoying like going to work. And the Monday blues. Yeah, and seeing it as a seeing it as a chore. Um versus now I sort of look at it and the sort of freedom and independence that I have um as a as a business owner but also try to give to employees as well like um just being able to um so have that independence is 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 like a career highlight because it was something that's that's really important so to be able to have got kids so to be able to do the pick up and drop off when i'm needed um and to show up to that and be in control over whether i do it or not um and that's really important so that's like um that's a sort of abstract career highlight but is is certainly something that's been enabled by by being a business a business owner um from, from my side so that's a it's a bit of a small um example but it's, no, uh, it's really are you joking you've set up your own company um that's successful that's a huge highlight i think you're definitely downplaying um downplaying that one but well thank you my opinion <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> okay well scott it's been fantastic to have you on the show i've really enjoyed our conversation um and definitely learned a lot 
that I can apply to my future career as someone who is in the process of qualifying as a lawyer. Um, So thank you very much for that. Um, And thank you to the listeners as well for tuning in to this episode. Um, And we will see you in the next one. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.